Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So about Michael Jordan, how are you going to hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today we'll be covering part three of the greatest centers of all time. This is going to be 25 through one. So this is definitely going to be exciting as we break into the top 10. Most people really want to know who's the top 10 greatest centers of all time. It's a tough list. There's a lot of people very deserving. So it's very interesting. Number 25, we're going to kick things off with a current guy, Bam Adebayo. Now, Bam is a world-class defender. He rebounds well. He's a point center, phenomenal passer, who can post extremely well and all while being a great lob threat. He's a perfect fit in the modern NBA. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, forget position. He's really on that list. One-time all-star, two-time all-defensive team. And he's peaking out around 18 points per game with one block, one steal, and five assists. Really good player. Now his last season when he was 23. So he has room to grow. Um, definitely very deserving. And then we have a next up. It's a very unique center. Dan Issel. This guy is six foot nine. Would fit beautifully in today's game when there's when a lot of shorter centers in this current NBA. He's a very good athlete. He's probably top twenty or fifteenth percentile of athletes at the center position. He's very smooth with his hips. He's a good vertical athlete. He's a good mid-range shooter, and he can post very well. Good shot create a little for himself, which is impressive. You wouldn't expect that. And dude shoot, did shoot pretty decently from the three-point line. He would fit perfectly as a small ball center. Golden State Warriors would love this guy. So, yeah, 235 pounds. Went to Kentucky. He's in the Hall of Fame. Seven-time All-Star. ABA champion. ABA all-time team. Five-time All-ABA, All-Rookie Team, All-Star MVP, and Rookie of the Year. Now, he doesn't start playing in the NBA until the age of 28, but when he is 28, he's having 22.3 points per game, uh, 0.4 blocks. He's rebounding the ball, getting eight rebounds. Yeah, really great player. Definitely a unique scorer. Next man up is a more older center, somebody who's a... Little bit older up in the age group. Willis Reed. Now Willis Reed is a six foot nine center. Not extremely athletic. Uh he's a really great defender, almost Al Horford like 
with the way his body moves and athletically. Um, Al Horford's a little bit better shooting the three-point shot. <clears throat> I know this guy won an MVP as an on the 75th anniversary team, but his last lack of height, with, and then you just mix that with a good mid-range shooter, he's not extremely impressive when you compare him to modern centers and a lot of guys who are high on this list. And just having him on the top 75 all-time team is just not correct. But he has great uh, statistics, which we're going to get into here. Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, two-time NBA champion, five-time All-NBA, All-Defensive Team, All-Rookie, All-Star MVP, two-time Finals MVP, regular season MVP, 75th anniversary team, and Rookie of the Year. So yeah, he's peaking out around 21.7 points per game, 13.9 rebounds, and he's shooting pretty well from the free throw line as well. Yeah, six foot nine center. Next up, we have number 22, Joe Barry Carroll. This guy is seven feet tall, a uh, really special, smooth athlete, really great in the mid range, rebounds extremely well. Has a really good post skill. Just a really great center. Um, just a great player caught on a bad team. There's a pretty. He's also a pretty good shot blocker due to wingspan. I was very impressed watching him play and did not expect me to love him as much as I did. There's a number one pick in the draft and back in 1980. One-time All-Star, All-Rookie team. He's from Purdue. Seven-footer, 225 pounds. And he's peaking out around 24.1 points per game. With uh, two blocks and 8.7 rebounds. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really great player here. At number 21, we have a very, very interesting player. Very unique. Easy comparison because he's almost like a clone. It's rare to see somebody that's like cloned like this. Cleveland Cavaliers, great. The greatest center to probably ever play for the Cavs. Brad Daugherty. This guy's seven feet tall. It's actually easy and funny how easy of a description of a player he is because he looks so much like Tim Duncan. He's a poor man's version. It's so unique the way his body moves and just his body mechanics and the way he shoots the odd hook shots and the odd angles he shoots from. Like, other than the bank shot that Brad Doherty doesn't really have in his bag, but his post moves and the way his body moves athletically and body mechanically is ridiculously similar to Tim Duncan. Um, he's just like 95% of Tim Duncan. So uh, this guy was the number one pick in the draft. Seven foot, 245 pounds, five-time All-Star. All-NBA team, an all-rookie team. So he's peaking out around 21.6 points per game. 0.6 blocks and 11 rebounds. And he's, uh, yeah, he was out of the league by the time he was 29 due to back injuries. So, yeah. Um, at number 20, we have another interesting description. Two people that really sound like each other. Next man up is Artis Gilmore. Now, Artis Gilmore is seven foot two. He is a twin of Kareem. So he's a poor man's Kareem. He's really good hook shots, sky hooks, just like Kareem. Really good post skill. 
He's just not on Kareem's level. He's another 95%er. He's a 95% of Kareem's physical body, Kareem's post moves. He's legitimately seven foot two, so he's like the same height. Um, just really special, special guy. Really great in the Chicago Bulls. He's a Hall of Famer, 11-time All-Star, ABA champion, ABA all-time team, five-time All-ABA, five-time All-Defensive, all-rookie team, All-Star MVP, won the MVP in the ABA, and he won Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, his peak was Chicago. Basically, he comes in the NBA at the age of 27, and his best season is 23 points per game, two blocks, and 12.7 rebounds. Yeah, and the ABA has stats like that are insane, like 17 rebounds, 5 blocks, and 23 points per game when he was 22, his first season in the ABA, which is ridiculous. Uh, special guy here, special guy, very deserving of top 20. There's a lot of these guys that are just really great players that get lost in history because... You know, not a lot of people want to talk about the 20th greatest center of all time. But we're talking about him today. Definitely better than guys like Willis Reed and Dave Cowens. He he destroyed those two. One-on-one, I'd take him 10 times out of 10. All right, next man up is Yao Ming. This guy is seven foot six. <coughs> He's skilled in the post. It is a really consistent, great mid-range shot. You put those things together, and you get a great end. You add in the great rebounding. You get to the size and shot blocking. You get a really great player that's extremely consistent and good at his peak. Now, Yao Ming was unstoppable. Seven foot six, just huge. He'd, a lot of times, those taller guys, as a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, and a guy who made this list a little short, lower on the list, is Adrian Sagalsis. They don't move well when they're like seven foot three. Usually they, their feet are stuck to the ground. Yao Ming had really good feet. Very impressive. So yeah, seven foot six, 310 pounds, Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, and All-Rookie Team. And he's peaking on around 25 points per game, two blocks, and 10 rebounds. Impressive. Very impressive. Has foot injuries and is out of the league by the age of 31. Really great peak, though. Very deserving. Next man up is a, you know, this is kind of like a tier jump. All these guys in this tier are really special. So, next man up is a Bill Walton. Now, Bill Walton, six foot eleven, one of the greatest passers of all time at the center position. If it wasn't for a man named Nikola Jokic, he would be. Uh, good rebounder. His post-scoring skill is over-exaggerated. Um, it's not as great as people would make you want to assume. Um, if he would have just been a guy averaging 18 and 12 and having good block stats, he wouldn't be as high on his list, but his passing of gifts allow him to be number 18. Yeah, really, really good numbers here. Hall of Fame. Two-time All-Star, a rebound champion, block champion, NBA champion twice, two-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defensive, Finals MVP, regular season MVP, 75th anniversary team. He's going to be on the fringe, um, six-man. 
of the year with the Boston Celtics when he's older. He's peaking around 18.9 points per game, uh, 2.5 blocks, 13.2 uh, rebounds. I guess you can consider the year before his best season where he's drafting 18.6 points per game, 3.2 blocks, 3.8 assists, um, 14.4 rebounds. Yeah, him he's peaking out assists wise at five, so yeah, his numbers back up the eye test of him being a great passer. So yeah. We move up this list, we get the better players. Number seventeen, and a guy who's also gonna be on the fringe is Alonzo Mourning. Now this guy is pretty special athletically. This guy's built out of granite. Alonzo Mourning is six foot ten, great athlete, very smooth and skilled in the post. Has a pretty decent mid range shot while being just a naturally strong human being. He's ripped. Great defender and rebounder. Would fit perfectly in today's era. Legitimately could guard point guards if you wanted him to. Too. There's not many centers that you could leave in an island with Steph. He's one of them. Hall of Famer. Seven time All Star. Two time block champion. NBA champion, two-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, and two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Very impressive. Uh, Picking around 23.2 points per game, 2.7 blocks, and 10 rebounds. Yeah, he's very good at what he's very good at. Next man up, and on the outside looking in at the top 15 centers of all time, is Carl Anthony Towns. Now, this guy is the one of the better descriptions and examples you can give. Great player on a bad team. Uh, seven foot. He's a great shooter. Um, he's the greatest three-point shooting center of all time. Um, extremely mobile, moves well, can rebound and post. He's just a legitimate, extremely well-rounded, good scorer. It's like he has the skill set of a small forward center position. Uh, yeah, he... he Defends the rim decently well, but he's never been somebody that puts a ton of effort on the end. He's more of a scorer. Number one pick in the draft from Kentucky. Two-time All-Star. One-time All-NBA. All-Rookie Team and Rookie of the Year. And he's peaking out around 26.5 points per game. 1.2 blocks and 10.8 rebounds. The age of 24. It's insanity. I mean, if you wanted to example how ridiculous his three-point percentage is, his career three-point percentage is 400 or 40%. Ridiculous. Next man up and on the edge in the start of the top 15 centers of all time is somebody who missed out of the top 75 list. It's going to be interesting to see if he makes it on ours. Dwight Howard. Now, Dwight Howard is six foot ten. He's a defensive masterpiece. A phenomenal world-class shot blocker, great rebounder, phenomenal lob threat. He's like an eraser on defense. Some post skill, he's a very consistent, averaging at 12, 20 and 12, and being the best defensive player on the floor at peak, and being very efficient offensively. So yeah, 265 pounds, first pick in the draft, eight-time all-star, five-time rebound champion, two-time block champion, NBA champion, eight-time all-NBA Five-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, and three-time Defensive Player of the Year. His best season, 22.9 points per game, 
2.4 blocks, 14.1 rebounds. Ridiculous in the 2009 season. Played every game that year. Yeah, he, he had one, two, three, four seasons where he played 82 games. That probably, they, they him playing that many games probably led to his back injuries. Uh, sad to see him not be the player you used to remember. All right, at number 14, we have some explaining to do. All right, we're going to talk about a guy that has 10 rings. A lot of people consider the greatest center of all time or top fives, Bill Russell. This guy, six foot ten, world class jumper, actually would have been in the Olympics for high jump if it wouldn't have given that spot to his friend. He was third in America whenever the Olympics were coming around, um, so he gave that spot to his friend who was fourth, and decided to you know go play basketball. Um. That paired with very great foot speed and quickness should lead to an understanding of why he's the second greatest athlete of his era behind Wilt Chamberlain. He is one of the greatest defensive forces I've ever seen, maybe the greatest defensive center of all time. The reasoning behind that is he would fit beautifully in today's game as a defensive center because he can guard one through five, just like Bam. But is much more athletic and much more of a rim defending, extremely long guy paired with one of the greatest rebounds ever to do it. And you can assume that he's going to be able to do that because he's a world class leaper. Um, great defensive force. His offensive skill and post skill is where things become questionable. Um, he's around a 15 point per game score. It's not great, and he would really be a great lob threat in the current NBA. Um, be a, he's a good passer, great passer at the center position, can dribble up on the fast break, but usually kicks out to a better ball handler once they get to the three-point line. But extremely high basketball IQ, high great defensive force. That's what Bill Russell should be known for. But why is he so low if he's such a great defender and can rebound world-class and pass? It's a scoring skill. Right, as we've become more modern, guys like that become less valuable because offense matters more, way more than defense. And he can score more than 15 points per game 15 or 18. That's like his best. So, yeah. I mean, I'm even saying in the modern era, like, and then, then you'd be like, oh, I wonder what his scoring stats were back when he was playing. Let's see if we have uh, credibility to say Jason's wrong here. Okay, let's see. Hall of Famer, 12-time All-Star, 4-time Rebound Champion, 11-time NBA Champion, 11-time All-NBA, All-Defensive Team, All-Star MVP, 5-time MVP, and 75th Anniversary Team for deserving. His peak scoring year is 18.9 points per game with 23.6 rebounds. They were not counting uh, blocking stats back in the day. And his field goal percentage was 45% that year. And his career points per game average is 15. He scores more than 17 points per game in his career twice. Yeah. Can't really score. So that's why he's he's where he's at. But great player. Great player. Very deserving of this list. Okay, so now after we did some explaining, 
We have one of the biggest man crushes we could probably ever have on a player. Uh, Walt Bellamy. Now, this is a guy that's in that same era that is much more offensively gifted. This guy is underrated. I have talked about this guy for a while now, how underrated he is for a very long time because it is everything should be so obvious. He's six foot eleven, an extremely strong human being, uh, two hundred forty-five pounds of muscle that has post skill and good speed that has a mid-range shot and has a force at the rim, blocking shots and rebounding. This guy's a world-class center in the pick and roll. People may notice the fact that he's higher than Bill Russell. That's because defense used to matter more in that era, but because they weren't as skilled as basketball players today. But due to offense being more important than defense, now his offensive skill gifts. So much more out of this world when Bill Russell. He's like Patrick Ewing with more post squill. That's the best way I can describe it. So yeah, great mid-range shot. Smooth jumper. Good body. A guy that moves extremely smoothly. Can dribble, drive to the rim and finish. And post well. So, Walt Bellamy is one of the most underrated players I've ever seen in my life. Him and Will are in the conversation there. Six foot eleven, um, two hundred forty-five, two hundred fifty pounds. From North Carolina, he's a stocky guy. Hall of Famer, four-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year. His first season in the NBA, he's averaging thirty-one and nineteen. Now it goes downhill from there because injuries. But downhill, the next two years is twenty-nine point. 27.9 points with 16.4 rebounds and 27 points with 17 rebounds. Year after that is 24 points with 14.6 rebounds. So, you know, that's by the age of 25. And then things go downhill, age, injuries. You know, he stays in the league for a long time because he was so gifted athletically when he's younger. Um, that allowed him to have some staying power. But this guy... When he is young, in the early 60s, he is ridiculously special. Very deserving of this spot on this list. And one of the most underrated, legitimately underrated centers I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Next man up is, you know, a lot of people from the 80s are going to love this guy. This is why we do at peak lists because I don't care the fact that he has injuries that completely derailed his great career that probably would have been uh, so ridiculous and special. Ralph Sampson. This guy's seven foot four. I've never seen a seven foot guy move as smooth as this guy does. He's extremely gifted feet and body wise. A guy this tall usually can't move this well, but he can legitimately be switchable on defense. He's seven foot four and can switch on defense. That's how ridiculously smooth he is. Um, he moves like a six foot nine center in the seven foot four body. Really impressive. He has great post feel. One of the best close players I've seen. Just extremely gifted down there. Good mid range shooter. Can dribble the ball really well. Um. He kind of moves like Chet Holmgren, who will uh, be in the NBA draft this year. 
So, yeah, this guy is a very special guy. He's obviously in the defensive force due to uh, his height and rebounds extremely well due to his height. But he can even, like, dribble the ball up the the floor on the fast break just, you know, just to get people set. Like, he's ridiculous. Hall of Famer, four-time All-Star, uh, All-NBA, All-Rookie, All-Star MVP, Rookie of the Year. His best season is 22 points per game with 10 rebounds and two blocks. That was his second season in the NBA. That's how ridiculously gifted he is. Ridiculous. Yeah, just injuries derail greatness. This is why we have these lists. So guys like this don't get ranked lower on a list just because they got unlucky in life and got injured. Next man up is another special underrated player here. Well, definitely got a lot of them at the top level of this. Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier is phenomenal. Thankfully, Kendrick Perkins is on TV, so this comparison makes sense because people will remember Kendrick Perkins. He is built like Kendrick Perkins. What I'm saying by that is he's huge. He's built muscularly as well. Just a naturally giant human being. I that's the best way I can put it. He's six foot eleven, probably six you know, two hundred and seventy, two hundred and seventy five pounds. They say two fifty odd basketball reference, but come on now. Come on now. There's no way he's two fifty. He might have been two fifty in college. No way. No way in the NBA. Probably two hundred and seventy five pounds. Moves so amazingly well. Very athletic. Has great post skill. Also a really great mid-range shot. Um, skill. His skill, paired, his skill paired with his huge body is should tell you why he's so high in this list. If a guy like this would have been playing on the Boston Celtics instead of Dave Cowens, this guy would just be so much more remembered. He was just playing on the Detroit Pistons uh, with Dave being and post-Dave being. Uh, so just a world-class player that's <coughs> extremely underrated. He's a Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, All-Star MVP, All-Rookie Team. And he's peeking out around 25 points per game, two blocks, 12 rebounds. Yeah, special guy. And a lot of the times, modern guys would be like, oh, old centers don't have field gr- great field goal percentages. He had fifth shot 53% from, from the field. It legitimately would have been like, if Kendrick Perkins was a little more athletic and was extremely skilled, he would look like this. That's how special he is. He was playing on Detroit when they sucked. Nobody knew who they were. Nobody cared about watching Detroit Pistons play. So now we're going to break into the top 10 of this list. It's very, very exciting. Number 10. And at number 10, we have DeMarcus Cousins. Um, this guy is really, really impressive. I'm so glad that we uh, we watched some DeMarcus Cousins film so we could um, get reacquainted with him because he's uh, not in his prime right now. But you forget how phenomenal this guy was. This guy is a bucket. He played with an anger that Shaquille O'Neal would appreciate. 
moved everybody around. He's a big dude. He's just a big human being, but he can't really move. But he can move very well, which is scary. He also has great passing ability for the center position. He also has a plethora of post moves, and he's the tri- and he to go to, and he's a traditional big. He's ridiculous. This guy's talent is definitely slept on because he plays for the Sacramento Kings. But I don't really care that he plays for the Sacramento Kings. This guy is a special guy. This guy is a poster waiting to happen. I absolutely love the fire he plays with. I don't care what if other people dislike it because they think that he was a negative or didn't like losing. I I want my guy to hate the lose and DeMarcus Cousins hates losing. He played with an edge. He had a good handle and ability to handle the ball. He had ability to go from the three-point line, put the ball on the ground, and drive to the rim and finish, which is extremely ridiculous. This guy is so talented and so special that I honestly think that seeing this again reminds me, oh, I almost forgot he's a good three-point shooter. But I think this he's the best center before Joel Embiid, and he's the best center between Shaq and JoJo. I think I'd rather have to prime DeMarcus Cousins than Dwight Howard. You can do so much more in the. He can do so much more in the basketball court. Uh, he's ridiculous. He's literally crosses people up sometimes and goes to the rim and finishes. He's so special. He reminds me of JoJo a little bit with his size, but modern skill and putting the ball on the floor and being able to do things with it. He's one of the top ten top ten centers of all time. This guy is just so special. I I you can't even begin to. You know, he's just he's stuck in Sacramento, and he, this was a uh, at peak podcast. And you know, a lot of these centers have rings and accolades to because they had good teams. If this guy would have been on a good team, we would have been like, "Wow, Demarcus Cousins is amazing." If you would have put him with a star, uh, another guy that was really great at his peak, you would have really. Had. I mean, Anthony Davis and him were an awkward fit, even though they were dominant. Um, so if you put him with a dominant guard of that era, he would be, those two would be special together. Yeah, so. Um, let's get to it. Six foot ten, two 270 pounds from Kentucky. Third pick in the draft. Four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, All-Rookie team. And his peak year is 27 points per game. 11 rebounds, 4.6 assists. Special. Special, special, special. And that season, he's shooting 33% from the three-point line. Special. Special guy. Next man up on the list at number nine. Very exciting as we move uh, higher up in this list. It's a contentious list. Patrick Ewing. He's seven foot... He has a good post skill, but that's not his best trait. His best trait is mid-range shooting. He is a world-class mid-range shooter when considered centers. He has to be in the top three to top five all-time mid-range shooters. He's a great shooter. He is a really great athlete, and if you put him in today's modern game, he would be an amazing center, and he'd fit beautifully because he can switch on defense. Just a very uh, well-rounded, would be a great fit in any type of era kind of guy. Yeah, Patrick Ewing, very special. 
uh, very deserving of this ninth spot. That 90s center period is the greatest center era of all time, and it's not even really close. Seven-footer, 240 pounds. Uh, went to Georgetown, number one pick in the draft. Hall of Famer, 11-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, three-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, 75th Anniversary Team, very deserving. He's going to make our list. And he won Rookie of the Year. He's peeking out around 28 points per game with 11 rebounds and four blocks. Jesus Christ, that's insanity. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's a lot of blocks. All right. That's insane. Stats definitely back that up. Next man up, we have a MVP, last season's MVP, Nicole Jokic. This guy's six foot eleven, the best passer ever at the center position, uh, all time. He's like a point center, or he's extremely hard ranking him due to him being such a unique uh, guy because he's not a dominant athlete. He's probably the worst athlete on the top twenty-five list on the center position. Um, but he posts well. He shoots the ball extremely good, especially from the three-point line. He's a good mid-range, tough shot maker, and posts his ability to rebound. He's not a great defender, but he's a phenomenal world-class passer who can put the ball in the hoop. You know what I mean? He can score. He can post. And uh, he's such a special player. Fits really well in today's era. <clears throat> six foot eleven, two hundred eighty-four pounds. Now he has to be in the talk for the greatest second-round draft pick of all time because he was drafted in the second round. Um, three-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, All-Rookie Team, and MVP last year. And his peak year is probably last season: twenty-six point four points per game. You pair that with 10 rebounds and 8.3 assists and 0.7 blocks. 1.3 steals, you get ridiculous guy. 86% from the free throw line and uh, 38% from the three-point line. It's probably one of the more efficient shooting seasons you'll ever see from uh, a center. So, Such a special, unique guy. Uh, really hard to rank. Next man up, we have somebody who's a mainstay on a lot of people's lists because he's very deserving. Mr. Moses Malone. This guy's six foot ten, probably the greatest rebounder of all time. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, other than like Wilt and Russell, and like that's the only guys that could have a competition here and have like a claim. Um. Very good athlete, underappreciated athlete, good body control, good post moves, very good scoring in the post. Very underappreciated part of his game is scoring in the post. We pair a great scoring skill in the post and a world-class rebounder and a good shot blocker. You get one of the most dominant forces ever grace the center position. I mean, he's not a great mid-range shooter. You can't really shoot the ball other than 10 feet and in, but dear goodness, is he dominant 10 feet and in, so... Very deserving of this spot. And his numbers are only going to reinforce this. Hall of Famer. uh, 13-time All-Star. Six-time rebound champion. NBA champion. Eight-time All-NBA. ABA All-Time team. Two-time All-Defensive. All-Rookie team. Finals MVP. And three-time MVP. 75th anniversary team. I'm not certain how many of those MVPs are in the ABA. It looks like one... 
if I had to guess. I don't know how many times you won off the top of my head, but let's get to these stats. Yeah, his best season is um, the year he before he joined Philly and won the MVP is 31 points per game, 14.8 rebounds, 14.8 rebounds, and 1.5 blocks per game. Yeah, I mean, his best rebounding season is 17. Ridiculous. Yeah, and he just has a stretch of consistency where he scores 24 points per game. 25, 27, 31, 24, 22, 24, 23, 24, 20, 20. He does that 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 straight seasons. From the year 1978 to the year 1988, he was averaging at least at the bare minimum 20 and 11. It's insanity. Uh... Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. The greatest Houston center of all time. People don't really know. People people only remember him with Dr. J. You know what I mean? But he was a monster for the Houston Rockets. Yeah. So many great centers. Actually, no, he's not the greatest Houston Rockets center of all time. Yeah. That guy's a little higher on this list. I'm not going to... Not going to... Uh, hold, you know break the news here and i want this list to you know you know make sure people understand that we really do um do everything off the eye test and we're not going to just put modern players in here higher than other players just because this center list should prove that uh number six we have the last current player and the best center in the league right now joel Embiid. He's a world-class post player, shoots extremely well from the mid-range, is amazing in the pinch post, three-point shot is extremely good, rebounds at extremely high level, shot blocks at extremely high level, free throw shooter. He's just so highly skilled with his body and his speed and quickness and just is such a unique bucket at the center position. He's so dominant and so strong, so nobody can stop him in the post. Let's get to these stats. Four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, three-time All-Defensive, and All-Rookie Team. Yeah, he's only 27 in this current season. His best season was last season where he was dropping 28 and 10 rebounds, 1.4 blocks. Let's see here. Shooting 85% from the free-throw line and then 37% from the three-point line. Ridiculous. All right. Next man up is somebody that's way too low on a lot of lists. He gets kind of overshadowed because Hakeem historically, you know, was the better center. Um, but David Robinson is redonkulous. Uh, one of the more gifted players you'll ever see in your whole entire life. Athletically. So David Robinson is so special. Um he is an athlete. He's an amazing, great defender, great rebounder, has good hook shots, good post skill. His range extends to the free throw line. Uh, way more of a better athlete, kind of like Anthony Davis, except better athletically, which is saying something because he's seven foot one. Um, he's also built out of granite and might be the most physically imposing guy, like other than a few guys that are really high on this list. Um, shot blocks with extreme efficiency. It's 
it's because of who's above him and Hakeem that he kind of gets overshadowed because his peak is kind of with him. Uh, it's kind of like Kevin and Durant. Like Kevin Durant is one of the top five greatest small forwards of all time, probably top three. But he's you know playing against LeBron. His peaks against LeBron now, because there's uh, two guys that are playing against David Robinson that are higher him on, than him on this list. So yeah, he's just a guy that's so amazing, ridiculous. Seven foot one, two hundred thirty-five pounds. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like two fifty in his peak. Uh, Hall of Famer, 10-time All-Star, scoring champion, rebound champion, block champion, two-time NBA champion, All-NBA, eight-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, 75th Anniversary Team, and Rookie of the Year. Jesus. He doesn't start playing in the NBA until he's 24 because he was in the Navy. Best season? All right. 29.8 points per game, 3.3 blocks. 10.7 10.7 rebounds, shooting 74, 75% for the free foot line. He's not shooting many three-point shots, but he's shooting 30% from the three-point line. But, you know, he he shoots like two of them, like 0.2 of them a game, so not even one, so it's hard to gauge. But these block numbers are ridiculous. His first year, he averages 3.9 blocks. Next year, is 3.9. Next year, is 4.5. After that, 3.2, 3.3, 3.2, 3.3. From the, you know, until he is 30, he averages more than three blocks a game every season. And never averages lower than 23.4 points per game. And never lower than 10.8 rebounds. That's insanity. He's just, his peak is from 1990 to 1996. There's MJ in that era. Hakeem is in that era winning rings. Shaq is in that era too, younger. So he's just kind of overshadowed. But dear goodness, is he underrated on a lot of lists. I've seen him like 8, 9, 10, 11, not even the top 10. Like, dear goodness, he's a special human being. All right. Next man up is somebody that we've been uh, beating around the bush about at number four. Is Hakeem Olajuwon. He's a seven foot center, but it's like having Kevin McHale's post move in a top five centers of all time athletes put together. All right, so you you get that, and you're already starting with something ridiculous because Kevin McHale is one of the most unathletic players that'll probably make the top seventy five list. All right, now you put that with a buttery fate. Fade away in a mid range game, and you put all those things with um, great timing on shot blocking and rebounding, and you get a turnaround towards the baseline fadeaway that's unstoppable. And you literally just get one of the most ridiculous forces you'll ever see at the center position because he's unstoppable, he runs the floor. He has infinite moves. He's just ridiculous. He has athletic gifts paired with all of that is insanity. He literally is... He would be the best center in the NBA right now, and he would be averaging 30 and 15. I I don't even... 
Like, dude was insane. Insane. Because even he would fit in today's era so beautifully because he could switch. He could switch at the seven foot height. Legitimately, he's one of the greatest athletes that you will ever see grace the center position. Amazing. With all that skill, too. Ridiculous. So, yeah, seven footer, 255 pounds. Wow, that's cool. His high school is Muslim Teachers College in Lagos, Nigeria. Interesting. Uh, Number one pick in the draft from Houston University. Hall of Famer, 12-time All-Star, two-time rebound champion, three-time block champion, two-time NBA champion, 12-time All-NBA, nine-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, two-time Finals MVP, regular season MVP, and of course he made it on the top 75 players of all time, or somebody needs shot and killed. Um, His best season is 27.8 points per game, 3.4 blocks, and 10.8 rebounds. He basically enters the league averaging 20 in 1984 and does not average less than 20 until 1997. That's ridiculous. (laughs) That whole time, he never averages less than 2.2 blocks, and he's peaking around 4.6. He has three seasons with more than four blocks a game. From the 1998 to 1994, his blocks go like this. 3.4, 4. 4.6, 3.9, 4.3, 4.2, 3.7, 3.4. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And during that time frame, it's 13.5 rebounds, 14, 13.8, 12.1, 13, 11.9, and then uh, 10.8. And all those seasons, other than two seasons, he's average. You know, he's averaging during that time frame twenty four point eight, twenty four point three, twenty one point two, twenty one point six, twenty six point one, twenty seven point three, and twenty seven point eight. That's insanity. That is just so ridiculous. I mean, the guy never averaged less than 50% field goal percentage until 1970, 1997. He was drafted in 1985. He also is not a liability on the free throw line. During that peak, he averages at least more than 70% from the free throw line. Never more than 80, but he's always in that range, just fluctuating. He's ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right, now we're kicking it to the top three centers of all time. Uh, number three, a mainstay, uh, one of the greatest players ever to play basketball, dominated a decade, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's seven foot two. Uh, he's about as good as you can look athletically at that size. Um He's highly skilled in the post, one of the greatest players of all time, great tough shot maker. Uh, we all know due to his hook shot being extremely famous, but he is a physical force when he's younger, legitimately. Makes him unstoppable. Um, he's a physical force defensively, um, rebounding and puts pressure at the rim. He's like legitimately dunking on people. Like it's He's like legitimately like 
playing with force and then he's highly skilled mixed with that that's why he's special you know what i mean it's why he dominated a decade you you gotta watch him pre-magic watch him pre-magic in the 70s and you'll see how ridiculous this guy is uh so yeah let's let's uh let's break into this here hall of famer 19 time all-star jesus christ seven foot two 225 pounds Two-time scoring champion, uh, rebound champion, four-time block champion, six-time NBA champion, 15-time All-NBA, 11-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie team, uh, two-time Finals MVP, six-time MVP. He should have just won like every MVP that Bob McAdoo wasn't dropping, like 34 points per game. He should have been winning all of those. Uh, 75th anniversary team, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, MVP voting is always been a little off like Dave Cowens is getting MVPs when the guy's averaging like 31 and 16 what are you guys even what are you guys smoking I don't know so yeah let's if you want to see some absolutely insane stats he, first season in the year his rookie year 28 points per game 14.5 rebounds 4.1 assists also a very good passer that's that's just insane does that as a rookie? I mean, he has three stage seasons of more than 30 points per game. 31.7, 34.8, 30.2. All of them with more than 16 rebounds. Literally, when he was 26 and they start counting block stats, he's averaging 3.5. And then 3.3 and then 4.1. That's insanity. I mean... He doesn't average more less than 20 points per game until he's 39. He's one of the most consistent players you will ever see in your whole entire life. Uh, his stats are just ridiculous. Just dirty. Dirty. Insane. Insane. Very deserving of the spot. <clears throat> Next man up at two... And now, who could be above? We got Lakers, Lakers, Lakers at the top three centers of all time. And this Laker is a famous one. Well, I mean, they're both going to be famous. Shaquille O'Neal. He's one of the hardest players to judge. He obviously has his free throw problems um, and no range outside the mid-range. But he is just pure physical dominance. Uh, he is unbelievable. And he doesn't... He, it's not like he doesn't have uh, some great post moves. Like he, he is very highly skilled in the post. Um, you, he's just so unbelievable because he's such a dominant force at peak. Um, it's really impressive watching him play. There's no center in the past twenty years that's better than him, and it's crazy. Um, there's no player since him that has had similar power to mobility. That's that power to mobility ratio is where he's amazing because nobody's able to just cover him the post. He needs double teams, and that might not be enough if they are not double teams with height and size. He is one of the most dominant forces ever to play in the NBA. Um, you just can't stop him no matter what you do. I mean, when he's peaking and when he's big, see, people, I think people have Shaq wrong. Uh, 
because I've even heard him say this in the uh, interviews, is when he realized that people didn't like when he got physical with other his opponents. That's when he realized what he was gifted at, what he needed to focus on, which was being extremely strong. When he put on a little bit of weight in the Lakers, he became the most dominant force of all time. People may want to call it him not working hard, <clears throat> or all the all that type of stuff, but I honestly think that was the best version of Shaq you could have possibly seen. I think that he did that because nobody could stop it. He was 300 and, dear God, I don't even want to guess. 330, I don't even, it says 325 on basketball reference, so... But when you you have usually guys that big can't move, but he usually could move better than the center that he was playing against. It was just he puts his he puts his body on you, he posts you, he starts backing you down, and there's nothing you can do, zero, nothing. So yeah, Shaq is a ridiculous human being. Seven foot one, three hundred twenty five pounds. Hall of Famer, 15-time All-Star, two-time scoring champion, four-time NBA champion, 14-time All-NBA, three-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie, all three-time All-Star MVP, three-time Finals MVP, MVP in the regular season, 75th anniversary team, Rookie of the Year. Yes, peak year is like 29, three blocks, and 13.6 rebounds. Yeah. I mean, he's another guy who doesn't start scoring less than 20 points per game until 2007, and he's drafted in 1992. People like to talk about he didn't really have longevity, but he was the second best player on an NBA champion when in 2005 and 2006 when he's 33. I mean, when a guy plays with that style, with that kind of body, and that's the way he's amazing, he's not going to be like Kareem in age... Until he's 39. Cream's like a, a stick, comparatively speaking. Yeah, insane. He he enters the league averaging 23 and 14 and 3.5 blocks. That's a rookie season. Now, not much of a free throw shooter. We all know that. That's his flaw, yes. But what he does is ridiculous. All right. From one bad free throw shooter to another. You guys have been listening to our podcast. You probably know where we're going here. And the most underrated basketball player of all time is Wilt Chamberlain. He's breathtaking. There's never I he's he's a comparable strength to speed athlete to like LeBron. Um, he's more gifted athletically than Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he's seven foot one. That's the best way I could put it, because he dominates with physical force and speed. He literally looks like the Flash running up and down the floor. His his insanity when he is young and on the Philadelphia 76ers. When he's doing all these ridiculous statistics that will make you think that he's God. He is dominating the NBA with that. And could he have just done that 
and just been successful? Yes. But he's highly skilled. He has a post fadeaway. He might be like the first person to ever have the post fadeaway. He has a bang shot. He literally has post moves. The Big Dipper, all these type of stuff, that's unblockable. He has post moves. He's not like this unskilled center. It's insanity. (laughs) He literally has spent time with the Harlem Globetrotters, so he's very creative with the ball in his hands. He can dribble the ball up the court and do a behind-the-back pass to somebody else that's running up the floor. He's insanity. He led the league in assists one season. He's a great passer. What? He's ridiculous. He's seven foot like one or seven foot two. Let me see here. Let's see what what they have. Seven foot one. Touch the top of the backboard. Won the high won the uh, high jump competition in Kansas in college. He won a high jump competition in the Big Twelve. Against other normal sized human beings that are getting paid scholarships to go there for that. And he won. Seven foot one. He is. The 60s didn't have many great players, right? He is a guy that is just a cyborg that should be in the modern NBA. You'd be like, oh, that makes sense with all the training we have now. We produce this demigod. We've never seen a seven foot one guy move like that ever since. And the only guy that's kind of comparable that I can make the comparison to is Giannis, but taller and more strong and faster and more athletic. Taller, longer, stronger, more athletic. He, he literally was creative with the ball in his hands, could dribble the ball up the fast break. Seriously. Yes. He's insanity. There's, I, he's, it's, I, it, he's ridiculous. He was just caught against the Boston Celtics and caught in a narrative like LeBron James. So amazing that everybody has to push him down. Everybody wants to say selfish. Everybody wants to say that, oh, Bill Russell dominated him in the playoffs. Yeah, he's dropping like, 35 a game. Yeah, he's really not getting dominated by Bill Russell at his peak. What are you talking about? People who don't know basketball are making these stupid, stupid ass comments. Bill, Bill Simmons. I'll call him out right here. Bill Simmons' book of basketball is all about basically shunning Wilt Chamberlain. You want to know what people don't want to tell you about the Celtics? I'll break it down for you right here, right now. You have the number two center of the 60s. You have the number three power forward of the 60s. You have the number two small forward in that era. You have the number two shooting guard. No, number three shooting guard of the 60s. And you have the best point guard. That's an all-star team. No wonder they won 10 freaking rings with an offense to, to match because all of them could shoot other than Bill Russell. You had two guys who were good passers. With Red Arbacked. So they ran better schemes. They had better talent. And they had better coaching. No wonder Wilt Chamberlain could have beat him. I know he had Hal Greer for some of that time period. But n- n- no crap. 
He can't beat them. No crap, he doesn't have rings to match the stats and what the eye test says. He was playing against the Olympic team. That's just to put it in perspective, the Golden State Warriors, when they had Steph, Clay, and KD, you had the best point guard in the league. Like the Celtics had the best point guard in the league, and you had the second best small forward in the league. Like the Celtics had the second second best center. Was Clay Thompson the second best shooting guard in the league during that time frame? Yes. Oh wait, did they have the third best power forward as well? Oh no, they didn't. Oh wait, so but they had their version of Red Arbach, Steve Kerr, a guy who was running offense, right? So they didn't have a better team comparatively to their era than the Celtics. That's how ridiculous this team is. Have you seen? Now, obviously, the Warriors would kick their asses because of modern basketball and skill. But comparatively to era, they had more talent than the Warriors comparatively had to this area with Kevin Durant. Dear goodness, they were deeper too because you could. There wasn't free agency back then until Oscar left and went to Milwaukee. No crap, he always loses. <laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? Well, I have to bust the narrative because there's a lot of people that probably, uh, you know, come out here and say the narrative. Okay, he didn't play against tall players. Okay, Nate Thurman, six foot eleven. His fingers touch his knees. He looks like Mo Bamba. All right. You're playing against Bill Russell, a guy who was third in the would have made the Olympics for high jump. Okay, ridiculous. Okay, you're playing against Walt Bellamy. He was in the top fifteen of this list, right? He's six foot eleven. He's has tree chunks for legs. You know what I mean? Is there guys like Wes Unseld that are six foot seven? Yes, but there's eight teams. There's eight teams, so the eight greatest center athletes of the '60s are all playing. So he's not playing against terrible players. Nate Thurmond would be the best defensive center in the league right now. That's how ridiculous he is. Seriously, he would. Bill Russell would be in that conversation too. He could be it. It's not like, you know, you can make that argument for power forwards and small forwards because there's not as much depth of height. There's not like six foot eight guys everywhere like we have in the NBA right now, the small forward. A lot of them are like six foot five, six foot six. But the center position, ridiculously tall. Some people say, oh, he's just taller than everybody else. No, he's just ridiculously athletic. He's the greatest athlete to ever grace the center position. And he, MJ, and LeBron are in their own class of athletic gifts. They're the top three most athletically gifted human beings ever to be played basketball. Ridiculous. It's just so many narratives have been built over time to push away because you have to make crazy narratives or the reality sets in that the 60s has one of the top three, top five best players of all time. The greatest center of all time. Because the eye test, dear goodness, the eye test, all you got to do Just join the movement. Join the idea of pushing back against media. Just watch a three-minute clip of him. You will see how insane this person 
is. I understand every time I talk about him, you might get annoyed because I keep on having to do the same thing. But it's just we got to fight the narrative here. And the narrative does not match the eye test. The eye test is like if LeBron would have been in that era and would have been facing against the Boston Celtics, didn't get any rings, and the media had to shut him down. Like, nobody thinks about the fact that you are such a terrible coach that you can't win with a guy averaging 50 and 25. Like, nobody nobody thinks to ask, like, wait, why can't the coach do a better job? Like, ah, it's just... It's just ridiculous. I don't even words don't even begin to describe how crazy this is. Okay, he's a Hall of Famer, thirteen-time All-Star, seven-time scoring champion. No surprise there. Eleven-time uh, rebound champion. Even though a lot of people tell you Bill Russell's the better rebounder, assist champion during a regular season. Two-time NBA champion. Ten-time uh, All NBA. Two-time All Defensive All-Star MVP. Finals MVP, four-time MVP, because uh, the MVP was still going to the best player on the best team back then. Uh, And uh, Rookie of the Year, 75th anniversary team, because, you know, they're not crazy. All right, so for the greatest stats of all time, and the reason why people usually uh, talk about pre-mergers, because we want to eliminate Wolf's stats. Rookie season, he's averaging 37 and 27 rebounds. 37 points, 27 rebounds. Second season, 38-27. Oh, and then his third season is where 15-25. Throughout the whole regular season, where he plays every single game and plays 48.5 minutes a game because he's playing all throughout overtime too. Yes, his first five seasons and why he probably was as athletic as he probably could have been in later years, was because he was playing 46 minutes a game, 47.8 minutes a game, 48.5 minutes a game, 47.6 minutes a game, and 46.1 minutes a game from the age of 23 to 27. So yeah, they didn't really practice load management back then. And he was played all of the games of the season three times in that time frame. Uh 44 24 is the year after 50 and 25 37 and uh 22.3 35 and 22.9 he's averaging 33.5 24.6 year after that and then you know around the age of 30 he starts declining uh, 24 and 24 24 and 23 20 and 21 uh, then he has a, oh, that, that was 12 games. You can't count that season. Um, then the season after that, 20.7 points per game, 18.2 when he's 34 years old. And then he finally starts scoring less than 20 points per game when he's 35. Yeah. This is the greatest center of all time. He's the most disrespect, disrespected player of all time. Just because of the narrative. Just because we've been listening to the wrong people talk about basketball. Like Bill Simmons. Doesn't know anything. She loves the Boston Celtics. Alright. So yeah, this is going to be the Basketball Addicts Podcast. We're talking about centers here. Next week is exciting. It's really exciting. 
top 75 players of all time. We have Darren coming back on that podcast. Definitely going to be a lot of fun. You guys can find this on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, YouTube. We are Googleable now. You guys can Google us and find our podcast. You know, definitely appreciate the listeners. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Jason Collins. We're the Basketball Addicts. Peace out.